Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. It is Eric J. Olson for another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I am your host, and today we are going to be talking to yet another managing partner about how they are running their firm, growing their firm, and keeping their case pipeline full. And today I have with me Corey. Hey, Corey, how you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Corey Sirkin, am I saying that correctly? Mm-hmm. Corey Sirkin is a mediator, collaborative law attorney, and family law attorney. Her areas of practice are divorce, separation, equitable division, spousal and child support, child custody, support modification, collaborative divorce, mediation, and prenuptials and postnuptial agreements. Throughout her career, Corey has practiced exclusively family law. She is a child of divorce and a divorced parent, so she knows family law from the inside and out. She has received numerous awards and has achieved an AV rating, which is the highest rating by Martindale Hubble, a testament to the fact that her peers rank her at the highest level of professional excellence. I love that bio. Very nice. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, besides that awesome bio, can you tell us a little bit more about you and your firm? I was a solo for four years and we formed Nova Legal Professionals last year with my partner, Alisa Tunifasal, and we're both divorced moms. So we both practice family law for a long time and we help people transition from where they are to where they're going to be in the future, what their new life is going to look like. And we deal with people with one of the most difficult times of their lives. So we really try to be there for them and provide them the support. And there's a reason they call us counselors at law because we definitely do a lot of counseling. We do refer, you know, get therapy, things like that. But there's definitely, it's definitely a very emotional practice. So, you know, I I can only imagine. um, And also, you know, I I really like the fact that in your bio and, and in your intro, you talk about your own family law situation. I think that makes it very relatable. That makes you relatable. I would imagine that you tell that story quite often to prospective clients and clients. Is that correct? I do. And I actually am one of those few attorneys that went to law school to practice family law, stuck with it, and is still practicing family law um, a little over 11 years uh, later. So that's very unusual. Normally people had different interests. They wanted to do something different and then they kind of find their way to family law. It's always been my focus. And I have a psychology, sociology background background. Those were more my undergrad degrees. And so that helps as well to kind of have that full picture. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Most of the managing partners that come on to this podcast, they started without having a practice area that they wanted to focus in on. They were kind of general practitioners. And then over a course of a few years, it kind of narrowed in. You know, it seems like everybody eventually narrows in. But I would say, yeah, at least for the people that we've interviewed, and it's been about 150 or so at this point, uh, you're right. There, there aren't many that go into law school knowing what practice they want to focus in on this is unique so let me ask you about your your firm name yeah so it's a little different right because usually it's the last names of the managing partners and then if you add a partner you have to change your name yeah so was that name available was the domain name available when you went to look for it yes so my partner and i did an extensive search we knew that we were going to practice in northern virginia i'm in manassas she's in fairfax we practice in loudon and falkir counties too i go to culpepper because i'm from there but that's our main focus and um we 
we really wanted something that would grow with us. So if we wanted to bring on a new partner, we could do that without having to make major changes and um, something that would be marketable in the future because you know we probably won't be practicing the law <laughs> until we're 90. Um, some people do, but probably not us. And and so once you build you know a presence and things like that, if you have to bring names in and out, it's much less uh, you know, much less marketable, much more difficult to do those kind of things. So you know I, I completely agree from a marketing standpoint. You want to pick a name and stick with it. And if you're going to change, it should be you know infrequent. But it, yeah, it definitely seems like in the in the law industry that you, know, you, you get a new partner, you, you change the name slightly. Usually the the main partner sticks around. So at least the first name is the same. But mm -hmm. I think that's a really good approach and uh, and and it sets you up for the, for the long term. That's great. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions about you know, future growth. And that all starts with clients. How do you go about getting new clients? So you know, like most attorneys, we do have a lot of referrals. I do some you know marketing groups as well. One million cups is one of um, yeah. the local, and it's nationwide, and it's very it's really awesome because it's very different. It's not a you have to refer X number of people and those kind of things. Right now, we're we did the Google local services um, ads, getting completely vetted with all of our attorneys takes time and effort, but it was totally worth it. So that's the kind of the biggest thing for us right now is the Google, Google local services. And we have a lot of reviews. So that's super helpful. Um, it makes a huge difference. Incredibly helpful to get those reviews. Yeah, the more the better. So we tell all of our clients always ask for reviews, right? Mm -hmm. Always. So uh, make, make it a habit, build it into your process. The, the local services ads, uh, you know, we, we've seen with our law firm clients that it's, it's kind of hit or miss. And, and you're right about the vetting process. Like you, you have to, you don't just give Google your credit card for those. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, you know, you're advertising, like there's a vetting process. It's not like, you know, sending for the bar exam or anything, but you have to jump through a couple of hoops. Have you found that for each of your attorneys or like it's, you know, with LSAs, the local services ads, like it's always been consistently good for you? No. So it's been up and down. Now for um, Manassas specifically, there are fewer that have actually gone through the process. Mm -hmm. And even for us, the first go round, something happened and an email didn't get received timely and we didn't respond. And so we had to start the process over again. It wasn't it wasn't easy, but um, it was worth it. But Prince William County is a little less busy than than Fairfax, and so it is better for us in Prince William mm. than Fairfax. But it's one of those things that kind of tweaking what you say and how you say it, and using you know some people to help you with those kind of things makes a world of difference. Great point. And speaking of which, how are you going about handling your market these days? So right now we are kind of doing doing it ourselves. We've been, we've grew very quickly. Now we have the two of our partners and of counsel and a paralegal. We're all busy. <laughs> Family yeah. laws is very busy right now. So that's, we're kind of handling it in house. So. Okay. All right. Good, good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, family law definitely uh, saw a spike through COVID. That's what I hear. Um, yeah. I mean, the statistics don't really play out for a big spike, but when it comes to the situation with the courts being closed, we weren't we didn't stop. Like I have been in court on trial. Like I stopped from March to June. I was back in court on a regular basis since June of 2020. So we really didn't stop, but we weren't having long trials. We weren't having the big hearings. And so all of those have kind of compressed now. And so your family law attorneys are really busy with a lot of trials right now. That's really interesting. I, I had not heard that before because all I hear about when it comes to coronavirus and 
and trials was it's really kind of like from personal injury and mm -hmm. those weren't happening no. right and, we were and, still we were still in the courthouse masked up and uh yeah. afraid because we weren't you know vaccinated or anything but you know those kind of things i mean when it comes to your children and you know being able to just survive like these cases were still going on you you wouldn't have a multi-day trial but we were definitely yeah. having emergency hearings pendente lite so that there was support during the pendency of the divorce all those kind of things i gotcha okay i mean it makes a lot of sense i i yeah i was under the impression that it was totally shut down i didn't realize that for particular cases <laughs> for other people not for us yeah. we just kept on going good for you excellent uh so you mentioned uh google local services ads besides you know we talked about that already what is something else that is working particularly well for you right now in your marketing i think being consistent with posting on all of the major things so um we have a social media person who you know helps us and taking the selfies at the courthouse which yeah. is it's just super difficult to get uh, people to do who don't like to be in this kind of spotlight. Um, my partner does not like it. Um, so I kind of rope her in as well as the of counsel. Whenever we're in there together, I'm like, selfie. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and just uh, making sure that all of our reviews are posted on all of the places. You get a Google nice. review. It needs to be on Instagram. It needs to be on Facebook. It needs to um, be on your website. You know, those kind of things show what kind of work you do for your client and you know and, and being consistent has made a really big difference so, so so a couple really good points there so one yeah taking selfies taking pictures of what you consider to be mundane stuff the, the courthouse that you go to you've probably been to hundreds of times but i've never been there right and if you take a picture of the courthouse or maybe like your associate takes a video of you walking in you can kind of feel like an idiot sometimes but right but there's value in that because you're exposing a part of your day which believe it or not other people find interesting. I was just out in the, the main part of our office. I told you this before we went live doing a uh, an Instagram reel where I was doing one of those where you point at the words. And I mean, talking about feeling like an idiot, you know, I got music <laughs> playing. I'm trying to hit the note. I never heard of this song before. <laughs> But, you know, you, you put, you know, some things out on social media that you probably wouldn't normally do in, in normal life, you know, some some things, but then also just documenting what you do and you attract potential clients, right? So if, if it weren't for the business, I want to do that, right? Um, you probably well, wouldn't do it either, but. As a normal attorney, I wouldn't stand there doing a selfie in front of courtroom one. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> And sometimes like, you know, there's po different policies in different courthouses. So you have to be kind of careful. I'm like. I'm just taking a quick picture um, no when I'm filing. Um, sometimes I'll take a picture of me filing with the ladies. And you're right, because for somebody who doesn't practice there, who doesn't know, it can make it feel more comfortable that, you know, this is what my attorney yeah. is going to do. This is where we're going to, to be to kind of walk it through. Um, that's a really good point. It's like a preview, right? Because if they see that you're comfortable in that setting and they're with you, then no big deal, right? So that that's that's really that's a good point. Uh, I, I really like that you're doing that. Uh, the other thing that you talked about, which I think is a very very good point, is the reviews. So if you get a review on a place like Google My Business, typically it just it stays there. But what you can do is you can take that review out. You can just copy the text, maybe put it on a nice graphic, and that becomes an Instagram post. Right? Tell the world. Let let people know. Put it on your website. Try to take that that good review, that that positive vibe. And spread it around, right? Yeah. So I'm glad that you do that. Some of That's them are hilarious. Like we we had a recent one. He was like, "I'm writing this review for my mom, and this was the best." And 
now wife i'm happy happily married but if we ever aren't this is my journey not yours and it was it was great i mean i just you just you can't make that up (laughs) no you can't wow that's hilarious all right so i talked to or we we, i asked you about and we talked about uh some things that are going well in your marketing now conversely what is something that you have tried in the last couple of years maybe that just didn't work out the way that you thought and you stopped doing them those lawyer referral websites no it 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 hasn't it hasn't worked for us um we heard from a lot of other attorneys um that they were uh, that was a good process that you should try it and um and then when you actually go down to the nitty-gritty the return on investment of okay this specific person called from this specific thing and did it result in a consultation a paid consultation did it result in a client I mean, that's like four or five steps down in order to like really look at the numbers versus the sheet that they sent you that says that that you got 47 contacts. Well, if you got, you know, 40 of them didn't result in anything, then your return on investment is really low. And we were finding they were saying, we, you know, you had 60, you know, clicks or whatever. And over the course of three months, we had one paying you know, client and our um, numbers for consultations with who we close, um, if we want them to be our client, uh, our customer is, uh, is very high. So we're like, okay, this is not the place for us. And any place that requires you to sign a long-term contract with, without any um, ability to kind of get out of it is kind of a red flag at this point. So. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've heard mixed reviews on on the re- referral websites, the aggregates, because so what they're really doing is people are searching for these services and, and you can either try to, to get in front of those people in a place like Google or the aggregate sites where they aggregate like all the lawyers in a day, they are the ones that get in front of them, but you pay a fee for that. Um, I've heard mixed reviews yeah. on those, but but your point is is incredibly valid. The number of clicks, the number of phone calls, the number of uh, originating sparing levels of interest is almost noise, right? Because what really matters is who's actually connecting with you. So just because you got, I think you said like 40 clicks on your side, you may only see 10 of them for some reason. Right. And I'm not saying like they're playing games, like they probably were 40 clicks, but only 10 of them actually got resolved like on your website and then maybe only like one or two of them actually submitted a form or downloaded a white paper, whatever it is that they, you know, the call to action is those numbers really, really decrease. So when you get those kinds of numbers from any kind of uh, marketing agency, clicks, phone calls, impressions, that's like really high level top of the funnel stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you really need to look down and figure out where the, where the work's coming from, where the clients are coming from. And even with Google, I mean, they're charging you for, you know, phone calls and they do record, you know, part of it. And you listen to the recordings and you're like, that was a telemarketer. And and it's on there as, you know, one of those things you paid for. So you have to get on it. And, you know, actually, and I didn't realize for like the first month or so that I could actually do that and look at those. And so I paid for a whole bunch of stuff that really wasn't anything. And Google's pretty great when you click, you know, dispute, You'll find out in a day or two whether they agree with you or they don't agree with you. And most of the time they agree with you because when you actually listen to it, it's, um, you know, 
Yeah. Or so just just so I fill in the audience a little bit with with mm -hmm. local service ads, you it, you you pay for the acquisition, right? So the mm -hmm. acquisition is like a phone call or a click through or something like that, and and they're going to charge you. So it's it's different than like pay per click. With the pay per click, you get charged and that's it. It's done. Mm -hmm. They sent someone to your website, but with with the phone call, it's recorded and you can contest it, which is a nice feature. But there's a negative, which is. Mm -hmm. You're going to get charged 20, 30 bucks or something like that for each of these phone calls, right? And you, or maybe more. And you feel compelled to listen to them probably after hours because you got another, you got a day job, right? And then you're kind of like doing this accounting, like, oh, that one's disputed, that one's okay. And it's it's something else you have to do. So it's not just, it's not easy, right? Especially if you want to get your money's worth. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and there's always, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at your numbers, return on investment, like, you have to actually dig to get those numbers. It's not something that you can just like, huh, open it up. This that's right. is happening. <laughs> so that's right. And if you're not paying attention to that, then you you probably won't get the ROI that you expect. And you, and it's gonna creep. Like yeah. your numbers, your costs are gonna creep up and up. And you may not be getting uh, the same level of returns as you as it creeps up. So yeah. Totally agree. Now, if, if you had a crystal ball in front of you and you could predict the next couple of years when it comes to the growth of the firm, what do you envision is going to happen to say the next two or three years? Uh, so we'll probably bring on you know an associate or two. That's probably our next step. But we kind of like being smallish and and big enough to handle enough cases and to take care of our people, but we don't want anybody to be a number. Um, you're always going to be working with a partner and an associate in a team setting. And we love the ability to work together. I'm a numbers chick. Like I love a good spreadsheet. Um, if we need to dig in and find some money and those kind of things, you know, I love doing that kind of work. Whereas, um, you know, other people have other strengths and um, prefer different parts of the practice. You know, maybe they love the trial, the, you know, the, the arguments right there in court. So, you know, playing on those strengths and then having a team that all um, can work together really works well for clients too, because you do get the benefit of having the partner who really knows what's going on with your case and um, the other attorneys that, you know, are aware of what's going on. So if something comes up in an emergency, we've got multiple people who are on your team, who know what's going on, who can take care of you. So. Very nice. All right, Corey, if someone would like to contact you, what is a good way to do that? So our website is novalegalprofessionals.com and our phone number is 571-260-0999. I love that website. Great URL. Thanks. All right, everybody. If you would like to check out other episodes like this, you can go to arraylaw.com slash podcast. Each episode is tagged by practice area and by state. So you can drill down and find exactly what you're looking for. And if you happen to be looking for digital marketing for your law firm, my firm, Array Digital, focuses exclusively on digital marketing for law firms. We've specialized in websites, SEO, online ads, and social media. Corey, thanks so much. Thank you.